Hey, 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 welcome back to the Miss Independence Podcast. Cannot believe we are on episode four. That is so crazy. Anyway, I wanted to make sure that you guys are subscribed to the podcast on whatever platform you use, whether it's Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor. That way you guys can be updated on when any new episodes come out and they can just be downloaded right to your phone. So if you haven't done that, I would appreciate if you would go and do that. Also, if you have an opportunity, please rate and review this podcast. Rating and reviewing the podcast helps our podcast uh, be able to be more noticeable and allows others to be able to search it better. And without further ado, today we are going to be doing a solo episode to be talking about changes in your support system. So as somebody with a disability or chronic illness, having a support system is very beneficial, whether it be your family, your friends, your coworkers, your other types of support, so your caregivers, your physicians, anybody who provides you support or care in regards to your life is somebody who's in your support system. And I think that it's really important to talk about, especially with COVID, how a change in your support system, it can kind of throw off the balance and really shake things up and when looking at the big picture it can really be an adjustment especially for somebody who's dealing with a disability or chronic illness to be able to manage that. So in today's episode I kind of wanted to give a few tips and tricks about what that is like and how to effectively make a transition. And we're also going to be talking about in a different episode not this one but talking about uh, caregivers specifically, I think that that's a whole other ball game. So today, I kind of just want to do a more uh, higher level version of this, and then we'll definitely talk about uh, caregivers for sure. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Do you ever feel like you're unseen or unheard because of your disability? Do you feel isolated and unsupported? Welcome to the Miss Independence Podcast. From questions about chronic illness to doctor's appointments, dating, advocating for yourself, this podcast should provide information about the odds and ends of life for someone with a disability or chronic illness. We will talk about many different topics that I hope you can use as a resource to make your life better. I will share personal stories as well as having guests and experts come and share their own experience and expertise. I am hoping that there can be unfiltered conversations and assumptions that are debunked so that people who do not live this life can be informed about what life with a disability is like. I am really looking forward to interacting with you and hearing your experience. Thank you for listening. Well, hello, everyone. In this episode, we are going to be talking about how to make an effective change within our social support system. So I think that when we talk about this, uh, it can be in a wide variety of scenarios. So it could be with a doctor or a family member who helps you with care that might be transitioning it to another potential family member or friend. It could be a caregiver who comes over a couple times a week. It could be the a company that you work, for, work with to help supply your needs. Uh, it really can be just basically anyone who provides support like we have talked about in previous episodes to you that might be changing or even the way it looks like might be changing so for example um for those of you guys who have been listening to this podcast for a while you know that we have done the social support series and we have had 
four of the five episodes out. Uh, the last episode will come out in a couple weeks, which I'm so excited for you guys to hear. But uh, we have talked about the different types of support and what that really looks like and dove in really into each individual type of support. So when you're talking about a support system, it's taking all those types of supports and all those people who provide that type of support and putting them into like a network, so to speak and being able to communicate effectively and transfer information from one person to another, to whoever needs it as a group, to be able to make the best choices for you as the individual with a chronic illness or disability. So in this uh, first part, I kind of just want to define again, we already basically defined this uh, support system, but I kind of just want to talk a little bit more about that as well as talking about why having a disability makes a change in the support system that much harder and um, gives some barriers on what might hinder an effective transition of care. So like I said, uh, this could be applied to basically anyone who you um, either as the caregiver or the person receiving care come into contact with. So doctors, you know, an actual caregiver who comes over to your house a couple times a week. Uh, maybe you get your types of like protein shakes from like a company. Uh, so changing companies, that could be hard. So really just take any kind of um, interaction or relationship that you have within your uh, disability or chronic illness and apply these tips to that situation if you find yourself having to transition to care. Um I have decided to do this episode because I have recently uh, been kind of switching things over in my own life. Um, And it really, I think, kind of helps to process all that information out loud. And I know that you guys, as you know, as people with disability or chronic illness, we all kind of have to transition in and out of care, right? So I think having an effective process to do that is just going to be so beneficial for you guys. And so now I kind of want to talk about why change is so hard with a disability or chronic illness. I think the first issue that what I, you know, why is it so hard for us with uh, us individuals with disabilities or chronic illness to have a change in our support system? Like, why does that make us so tick, right? And I would love to hear your guys' reasons on uh, or what kind of feelings you guys have about when you have a change in your support system and tips uh, that I don't uh specify in this episode i would love to hear what your guys's are um so i'll definitely do an instagram post about that but i think that um for me there's already such a or i should say there isn't such a great understanding of having a disability i was going to say like low standard but there really isn't so much conversation around having a disability or chronic illness or how to support those individuals with a disability or chronic illness so i think that alone for us makes that change so much harder. I think people just assume that, oh, you make a phone call and it's good and there's never any pushback or because they're in the healthcare industry, they always understand your needs and can uh, proceed or, you know, look down the road and predict a problem or, uh, you know, they've dealt with people in your situation so they know how to deal with you. Uh, So I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what it's like to have Uh, care provided to you as an individual with a disability or chronic illness. So I think the misunderstanding, at least for me, kind of creates more stress because, again, you have to explain this entire scenario to a whole new new, a whole new person who may or may not have any understanding 
uh, obviously sometimes, you know, there are experts you can have a conversation with and be like, this and this and this is happening, this and this and this about my background. And that's awesome. But again, you're your whole, you know, unique person. So I think that that is a struggle for being able to make an effective change. Also, additionally, I think that changes in a support system where the individual with a disability or chronic illness or yourself might have a different idea about what best support they need versus what other people might think they need and having to negotiate that and along with what they're able to provide. So not everyone's going to be able to provide uh, the same type of support to you all the time or you can't, you know, most people can't rely on one person for everything uh, along with caregiver burnout. It's just kind of tends to be unmanageable to rely on one person solely for that. So I think that having, you know, multiple people in the conversation and having different ideas on how to um, complete the goal or the mission, um, I can provide an example in a second, can be really hard. And I think that that's where conflict management comes in and the ability to communicate effectively and be honest about what's going on uh, with expecting all parties involved. Uh, But I think that I actually might do an episode on conflict resolution within a support system because I think that that would be a very, another great topic for conversation. Sorry, I'm just kind of like sitting here rambling, but I actually think I might do that. But anyway, at the topic of a hand, you know, we've talked about, uh, you know, the conflict or the uh, different ideals of the different people and the types of support systems. We've talked about the lack of understanding for a disability in general. Uh, I also think that people tend to, because of the um, lack of knowledge for in the, uh, about the experiences of having a disability or chronic illness, people just assume things are black and white. So you either can do this all the time or you can't. And that's not true for the majority of people. We have, you know, very capable individuals who just happen to have a chronic illness or disability. And it's really a spectrum. It's not an all or nothing like, oh, you have a disability, you can't do this, but you can do that. And everyone else's situation is the same. So I think that that's also really important is, you know, there are situations for like doctors and the professionals who, you know, um, may not be able to form a complete like personal relationship with you as say like your caregiver who you come with, even though that is a professional relationship, it's a little bit more personable, uh, especially when they're, you know, if they're bathing you or doing like really intimate activities um, for to help assist you. It can be a very much more personal relationship than say a doctor or a nurse or, uh, you know, like a one-time physician that you like, ha- you have to go to. Uh, so I think again, the um, type of relationship you have with that individual is also another factor in how to manage the change in the support system. So there's going to be different types of relationships, even within your professional relationships. And I think that that can make it hard too, because it's like, well, I navigated it with this person this way, but I'm going to have to navigate it with, you know, now going forward, I'm going to have to navigate it in a different way. And I'm not really sure how to do that. So I think that those are really important when talking about, uh, you know, making changes in a support system. I think that it's really important to remember that we're all human, we're all going to make mistakes. And I think that people in the healthcare industry really do have a heart for helping others. I don't, 
there's obviously outliers and people who just get in the system to take advantage of others for sure. But as a general population, I, you know, I have a lot of faith in the healthcare system. And I think that by having that heart, you're able to talk about these types of conversations, which I think is very helpful. So I kind of wanted to provide an example of how I've been managing these changes. And uh, obviously, you know, I want to keep my privacy and stuff, but I uh, just in a general sense, because I have had so many different changes within my support system, I was just going to give you guys an overview of what it's been like for me. Um, And then I also wanted to talk about barriers. So I know we talked about the uh, problems with in changing your support system, but I also wanted to talk about like specific barriers that can, um, that also can hinder it. Uh, that are just a little bit more specific. So yeah, I have changed providers and caretakers and uh, I have been changing, uh, kind of transitioning into a new um, management uh, management company to help me kind of manage my day-to-day life. So I think that, that it's been really kind of amazing. Honestly, I uh, feel pretty good about it and I've been met with so much support and uh, great people along the way and it's just been so amazing and they've been really wanting to help me and be able to understand my situation and my needs and really connect with me as a person and I think that that's another uh, kind of point I want to make is that you're, do, you're we're all people right and your caregivers are people your physicians are people your you know the company uh, you might get your medical supplies from our people on the other line. So I think that seeing the human part of people is very important and reminding yourself we're all going through it. We're all we're all frustrated. They might not have a disability, but they might have a ton of other things going on at home. So I think it's really important to treat people with respect and make sure that you are, be, you know, we are being compassionate towards them, just like we would want compassion towards our situation. So I think that that's really important. And I think, again, for people who are the maybe the providers listening to this episode, I think making sure that your client feels like they matter and that they're important and they're not just like another person that you have to take care of or just like another number on your chart. Uh, I think that treating them as as humanly possible and really addressing their concerns and honoring their experience is really going to be Uh, beneficial for you because I think that we all just really want to be seen heard and understood for our disability and what that means for overall life so uh so yeah like I said I kind of gave a few examples between my caregiver and my medical supply company and the new like um home health care company I'm working with but it's really um and all of these parts work together, right? So you might have to um, be able to have, you know, maybe your physician and your yourself and your family member, maybe you all sit down and have a conversation about what your future looks like in your treatment care plan, right? So that will involve you, your family member, and your physician. So having many people coming to the conversation also with different communication styles is going to be another factor in how you manage a change in your support system. Some people are overly talkative and explain things a lot. Other people are kind of direct and to the point and it's 
A, B, C, do this and you're fine. Uh, you know, some people you're a little bit more personable with and feel comfortable sharing uh, a little bit more of what's really going on, maybe even emotionally. And so it's really important to be able to kind of gauge what kind of relationship you're going to be having and have um, conversations about the expectations and just all that kind of stuff. I think for me, it's been really fun to kind of change things. Um, I, I do like my routine and structure, but every once in a while, it's kind of fun to change things up and you're going to meet new people. And I have met so many wonderful people with uh, the change in my dynamic and it's just, it's going to be a great fit. So it's always good. You know, obviously that doesn't happen all the time. And I think another point to that is that if you don't find you're jiving with a person in your support system, you can always change it up. You don't, you know, I feel like this podcast really hones in on being an advocate for yourself and that it's an ongoing process and it take takes places, takes place in many different types of forms, but it really is about being an advocate for yourself. And if you don't feel like a match is happening with one of either, you know, a caretaker or provider, or maybe even within your family, maybe you've tried to have one person help you handle your finances or just your day-to-day life and other things. And you guys just don't really mesh well in that capacity. You can always change it up and you have every right to do that. And as a person, you got to make those decisions for yourself. So I think that that's another important aspect is communication and being assertive. In part two, I thought we would, uh, I could give you guys some tips on how to make that transition in your support system. Uh, I think having some basic tips on how to navigate this part of or situation is going to be very beneficial for you guys. So the first tip I have is to be open-minded and respectful, just like we, you know, the golden rule, treat others how you want to be treated. Uh, I think that that definitely applies here. We want to be seen, validated, heard, and understood. And I think that people who are there to help us most of the time really do want to help us. And we need to understand and be receptive to their communication and what they're telling us and their advice. And that doesn't mean we have to agree with it all. It doesn't mean we have to take it all, but we do need to be able to be respectful and open-minded and recognize that everyone's going to have their own background and way of communicating and processing information and their personality is definitely going to be different. So I think that being respectful and looking at the people within your support system as people uh, is going to be very beneficial. I think that that allows for more harmony instead of more conflict. So I think that that is going to be very helpful. Um, As far as being open-minded, again, it's more about being receptive to what they're saying and the advice that they're giving you. So it could be a doctor talking about a new prescription or maybe a new treatment that they came out with or how to maybe manage something better or it could be a caregiver who uh, might have a way of doing certain things that might be different from how you do it, but you might look at their routine and be like, oh, actually, I think that this could work for me. So I think that that's really important too because we all can learn from each other, right? 
So I think by being open-minded and respectful, we're able to be uh, put all our differences aside and really experience each other in that way. And again, uh, everything I'm saying goes for the caregiver as well. Uh, I think that these are guidelines on determine whether a caregiver or another person within your support system is going to be a good match. So it does go both ways. Um, I do want to say that. The next one I'm going to say is there is a learning curve. Even for doctors who deal with patients and are very smart and, you know, competent and whatever have you, there's going to be a learning curve. No one knows your history, uh, maybe other than your parents, better than you do. And you're going to have to communicate that with a new person. And while that can be frustrating to have to get people up to speed, it is a really vital part of the process. And once you're, be once you're behind or, you know, ahead of that part and that part's behind you, it's going to be uh, not smooth sailing. I shouldn't say that. But it's going to be so much easier than having to address little specific incidences that come up and providing that information. So if you can just get the doctor up to speed or your caregiver about your medical history, what does and doesn't work for you, your boundaries, uh, just anything that you think would be a useful information to them. If you could just tell them that ahead of time, it's just gonna make your life, both of your lives so much more easier if you go in there and communicate what is gonna work for you and what is not gonna work for you. Uh, people aren't mind readers, and I think that that's another important thing to recognize is, again, doctors are smart, but they cannot read your mind, so we have to communicate. So I think that that's going to be very vital for that. Uh, as well with the learning curve, be patient with yourself and be patient with them. Um, it really is about uh, learning new skills and systems and you again, you're going to have a different way of doing things than some people, or they might have a different way of doing things with um, you that they might have to do with other people just based on comfortability or comfortability or access within your home because each client is going to have a different situation. So the way in which things work is going to be different. So I think that the learning curve for both you and them uh, is going to be very um an important thing, you know, it's going to take a while. Nothing's going to be perfect right off the bat. And you can work to build that relationship rapport and be able to have a satisfying, at least relationship professionally. Um, obviously, you can't be best friends with everyone in your support system, just like at a work situation, you know, you're not going to be best friends with everyone. So as long as you feel comfortable with them and feel like they have your best interest at heart, I think is what you should focus on rather than if you see them as your best buddy. Again, uh, we talked about communication. I think having communication and having boundaries about uh, certain top or not topics, but like certain, uh, you know, in certain situations, it's going to be really important. And again, asserting your boundaries and being your own advocate is going to be important. So for an example, um, I know that um, maybe with a caregiver, you don't want them or they don't want you like texting them all the time. And there's like certain boundaries about when you can and can't text them or when they can and can't text you. Or maybe it's a boundary about uh, having a uh, animals in your home. Um, if there, you know, there's allergies or, you know, that might not be a good fit. Or maybe it's about swearing 
or just certain behavioral things. Uh, so there are definitely boundaries. That's a caregiver example. But with your doctor, um, again, that's more of a professional, professional relationship. But um, it could be talking about, uh, you know, I know there are some people who don't want their weight taken at a doctor's appointment if they don't feel like it's relevant to their diagnoses or what they're going to the doctor for. So that could be one. Um, it could also be about, um, you know, boundaries about who they release information to. Again, you have to sign something. So obviously that's a written boundary. Um, so about who they're allowed to release information on your behalf to. Uh, there's all sorts of boundaries um, that I think need to be worked out and understandings that people need to come in. And again, it goes both ways. It's not just one or the other. It's both parties coming to the table and expressing what their needs are and what their expectations are. So I think that that's really important. Again, be honest. Um, I think that sometimes we can be afraid to speak up um, because we might seem difficult or unreasonable or we're already making their lives difficult because we have special circumstances or what have you. Uh, but you're a person and you're a human and I'm assuming in 90% of the situations you are in charge of managing your own care, uh, maybe with help of others, but you are uh, your own agent. And so you have a right to decide what you're going to allow and what you're not going to allow in your life and how people are going to treat you. So I think that just like you would have personal or personal boundaries and friendships or at work, you got to have boundaries and um you know, you got to be honest about how things, certain situations make you feel. So I think that that's going to be on it, uh, be such a great tool for you guys is to really figure out what sits well with you and what doesn't. And I think that when we're talking about that, um, we always have that like gut feeling, right? When we're like, eh, that didn't go well, or that was not comfortable or whatever. And it could be like a gut stomach. It could be in your, um, heart, like your physical heart or your emotionally, you could feel that way, like in your heart. Um, it could be making you very anxious or tense. So I think that when we're interacting with others, uh, noticing what's going on with our body and how um, people are interacting with us and whether it kind of feels off or not is uh, beneficial. So again, taking that feedback from our bodies and our you know, conscious mind and just our past experiences and being able to communicate that and be honest about how we're feeling about certain situations is really important. Um, again, you know, be patient. Um, I talked about this within the learning curve, but it really is about being able to be patient with others. And we have to be professional. They might do things that make us upset or annoy us, but we really do have to treat people with respect. And uh, along with the learning curve, there, like I said, there is a learning curve. So we need to be patient that they might not understand things right away. They might perceive or and take information differently than we do. And we have to be able to recognize that and communicate and be able to respond and see how they uh communicate and see if there's a common ground that we can go towards uh you know being patient uh maybe it's a person not getting back to you as soon as you'd like and again when we're talking about the different puzzle pieces within the you know your caregiver care team care support system whatever the support system um the different types of puzzles there are going to be people who kind of 
make it more difficult. Maybe they're not the best communicators and you still have to communicate with them and you might need them to communicate in order for you to go on and do what you need to do and communicate with others. So it's really about uh, communication and being able to recognize that and be able to the being being able to put all those pieces together and communicate the information you need to to all parties involved. Uh, so along with the learning curve, I think that um, another thing is that recognize there is a transition period. So um, I know that that kind of goes along with the learning curve, but aside from just like them learning, there is going to be a transition period where you're going to have to get comfortable with that new caregiver. And just because it feels off, or not even off, but I don't know if that's the appropriate word, but you know, just because it feels different doesn't mean it's wrong there are those are two different things you know if you're going in there and you'd be like yeah i actually like this person but i'm like really uncomfortable that they don't know this yet or that um uh this doctor um maybe takes a little bit longer than my last position to get back to me if there are things like that that are just kind of something you're gonna have to get that you feel comfortable with them but you're just little kind of quirks you're gonna have to get used to that's different than listening to your gut feeling that this is not the right match. So I do want to make that distinction because those are two separate things. So, um, you know, if you do feel comfortable and you do feel like it's an, a great fit, still recognize that even with that situation, there is going to be a transition period and you might feel uncomfortable or sad or frustrated that it's not coming together as fast as you want it to. Or the... Um, you know, maybe there's some, you know, there's always going to be pros and cons of making a transition too. I think that th that's going to be my next tip is that there's going to be pros and cons. We can't live in a perfect world. And there's going to be certain instances that maybe like, oh, like I liked how my past provider or last provider did this, but this provider is unable to do this or it violates their own personal boundaries. So they're not going to do it. Um, and it was very, very effective. But you might also be like, oh, there are some things that they do that my last provider didn't. So I think that uh, recognizing that there can be pros and cons when making a uh, change is also another important aspect. Uh, no one is 100% the same. They might all be caregivers, but they're all gonna have their own ways of doing things and their own boundaries and their own beliefs and their own understanding about disabilities and chronic illnesses and their own biases. We'll talk about that in a different episode. But um, I think that, yeah, just recognizing that there's going to be pros and cons in this transition. And it's not all good or all bad, unless it is truly all bad, in which, you know, again, make the adjustments you need to. But um, I would say in your typical situation, there are going to be some good and some bad things about making a transition. One of the next things I want to talk about is building the relationship. I think that, again, depending on what type of relationship it is, it's going to be a little bit more professional or a little bit more personal. And obviously, when you're dealing with a healthcare provider, there's always going to be a level of professionalism. Um, even if you really like them as a friend, it might just not be appropriate for them to be your friend. Like, it is a professional relationship. So I think that having, you know, building that relationship and getting to know them as a person, what are they like? What don't they like? Where are they from? What's their favorite color? All the things that you would kind of like want to learn from somebody, somebody else that you're trying to get to know are things that you could definitely get to know about, um, 
I think more specifically your caregiver, but even for like your physician, like get to know their background, get to know what kind of uh, strat- or perspectives they have on certain topics, uh, you know, bring questions that you have for them uh, about your care to that appointment so that they can address it with you and you guys can start to build that relationship. So I think, again, depending on if it's a doctor or a caregiver or your family member, it's going to be, you know, it's going to look different for each situation, but building that relationship and getting to know that person and again, seeing them as a person and not as your caretaker or your um, caretaker, just like, you know, it's going to be caretaker or like your doctor is going to be important. Um, Obviously maintain professional boundaries, 100% want to be very clear about that. But, um, you know, in a lot of circumstances, you can always be friendly, right? And being, again, being respectful and building that relationship and realizing that that takes time. You're not going to be, they're not going to understand again, everything about you um, on the first try. Uh, I also think, okay, lastly, we are going to be talking about, you are in the driver's seat. So unless you have a legal guardian um, who makes those decisions on your behalf, you are your own personal representative and your own agent. So that means you got to be in the driver's seat and make decisions for your healthcare and who you want on your treatment team or and how they're going to act and all that specific uh, situations. You got to decide what that looks like for you. So maybe it's, oh, I need a caregiver on these days and these days and on this day I work. And, um, you know, maybe for a physician, it's like, um, you know, I want to feel that when I call them and that they call me back in a timely manner, or I'm going to the do- this doctor's appointment and I want to make sure that they're respecting my time and getting, uh, getting me back there to see the doctor at a reasonable amount of time and not just kind of letting me sit there for two hours um, to get in and see the doctor. So I think that um, you are in the driver's seat and you need to be an advocate for yourself. And no matter what type of situation we are talking about in regards to what kind of healthcare information. So I think that that's, for me, feels very empowering. I think to be able to know that I can make a difference by using my voice and by having boundaries and assertive, or, you know, communicating my truth and being assertive yet understanding because they, you can be assertive and understanding can really go hand in hand. I think that we as individuals with a disability or chronic illness have this unique opportunity to practice these assertive skills and be able to use these tools throughout our entire lives for and you know not many people have that experience and not many people get to uh be an expert um you know and have all these doctor's appointments and really get an inside look at the healthcare industry but as people with a disability or chronic illness we do we experience all those situations more than most people and we have a understanding that most people will never have So I think that validating your own experience, knowing what works for you, communicating that, and being able to just be your biggest cheerleader is really what I want to leave this note on. I think that all these tips are going to help you find the best support system for yourself and be able to set up your support system the best way possible so that you guys can have a fulfilling life. I think that when we have the best support system, the benefits of that are that we are less stressed and our anxiety isn't as increased and we're able to function. I think that when we're 
it's maybe not a good match. We're not, a, it's able to function and we have high anxiety and that's not, that's never good. Right. I think that we want to be able to have a life where we're fulfilled and happy and relaxed. And obviously things are going to come up and we have extra stressors as individuals with a disability or chronic illness, but the people we bring into our support system should benefit our lives and make us feel more at ease than more anxious or stressed. So that's kind of what I wanted to leave you guys with today. I am so excited about this podcast. Um, and I am so excited next week. We, uh, just so you guys know, next week is Thanksgiving. So we will have an episode. It is with the medical malpractice attorney, Brian Finley. And I'm so excited for you guys to listen to that episode. Um, I've been really looking forward to that episode. And um, I'm not going to give away any details, but it is the perfect podcast to listen to if you are driving uh, to Thanksgiving, uh, if you have to make a travel to a destination. So thank you guys for listening to this episode. And um, I will post something about... uh, tips that you guys have for managing care in your support system. And I'm really excited to hear your tips. Okay. Have a great day.